It's time to pick up the phone. Answer that call. This call is your calling and you can't hide from it or ignore it. That passion you have to help people and make a difference isn't going anywhere. You deserve to get paid and paid well doing work you love and changing lives. Everything in your life has led you here. And now we're here to help you figure out how to make your destiny your reality. Welcome to Six Figure Certified Coach, the podcast hosted by Inner Glow Circle. IGC is an internationally accredited life coaching school created to take your existing professional skills paired with your life experience and turn it into a six-figure coaching business. We've trained thousands of successful coaches and now it's your turn. Let's get focused, get real, and get you six-figure certified. Hi, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to our next episode, Season 3, Six-Figure Certified Coach. I am so excited to have my new friend, Teresa, here. Teresa, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. So your business is called Becoming More Me, right? Yep. And when I first met you and was connected with you, actually by a a previous guest that we've had, Kara. Yeah, and we were chatting and you shared with me the the name of your business because when we first connected, I just knew of you and your name. I I just fell in love with it. And I want to talk about that first. So mm-hmm. becoming more me, it likes it's so simple, but it says so much. Can you tell us a little bit about where that name came from and maybe a little bit about your story of becoming more you that led to your business and what you do today? Absolutely. I would be happy to. So that name emerged right before I you know, started that iteration of my business, which was right as the pandemic was descending upon us. And I had just been exposed to, even though it had, no pun intended, tapped on my shoulder many times, I had just been really exposed to emotional freedom techniques um, through a retreat that I had gone to. And I finally like let it in, you know, there were all these times when I had seen it, heard about it and said, Oh, this isn't for me, or didn't quite understand the way that different ways of working with the subconscious mind or energy work were actually going to get me out of my own way, which is what I so desperately needed. And then I let it in. I started to learn about it. I decided very quickly to become master certified. And all I could think was, it feels like I am becoming more of who I want to be Mm. in this world. I just really can feel this shift in my consciousness and my awareness and my just embracing all of my capability and my worthiness and my enoughness and all of that stuff that felt so like tamped down and shut out and like it didn't quite have a voice or the vibrance that I wanted it to have. It was all just like coming out in this amazing way. And that's, I was just like, I'm just I'm becoming more me. It wasn't necessarily that I was changing or totally different. I just was more of all the good stuff inside of me that was yearning to get out for so long. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. Do you find that, you know, I, I, so in, in my career over the past 10 years, training new coaches, one of the biggest questions that they have from the beginning is like, should I operate my business under my name or should I have a business name? And, you know, I always say like, there, there's no reason not to just use your name if if that's all you have in this moment, right? But sometimes something comes through that's really divinely inspired. And it, it's it's like, it, it's so meaningful to people and we connect to it and other people connect to it. Do you find that people really connect to 
the name of your business because it, it really tangibly means something to them. I think that everyone has some kind of a story or a moment where they feel like they either wanted to become more me or they recognized that they did. So mm. yes. And that's how what originally started as a solo podcast for me, the Becoming More Me podcast, very quickly turned into having probably more guests than solo episodes because there were so many people that had stories to tell about how they were becoming more of themselves and how they were helping other people to do the same. So yes, I do think that people relate with it. And also, like, I love just using my name. I mean, my website is simply my name, but I also have another one that's becoming more me. So I use both and I leverage both of them. But I do think that the name is something that everybody can relate to in one way or another. Yeah, I love that so much. And so could you give us a little bit of a snapshot of what you were doing when you were I don't know how to say this, but like, I guess when you were less yourself or when I was a little bit deluded, <laughs> whatever your words, not mine, <laughs> a little less vibrant. I mean, we've so, all been there, right? Yeah, so absolutely. tell us your version. So here's what it looked like. Um, I already had four kids. I'm a mom of four boys. My boys range in age. The youngest is six and in kindergarten and the oldest is graduating high school in a few weeks. Oh my Aww. God. Um, so before boys and, you know, family of six and I'm trying to operate my my coaching business and some other just little side hustle things that I was doing as as a stay-at-home mom working um, and juggle it all and never really feeling like I had the support. My husband's amazing. So this isn't like anything about him not being there or not supporting or not stepping in anytime I asked him to. It's just that it was a lot. And yeah. even with his help, it just wasn't quite enough to manage the emotions, the chaos, the temper tantrums, and the complete lack of time. And yeah. I am not one for excuse making. I mean, ever since I had three kids, I've woken up very early to make sure I carve time out for myself. I'm always looking into like personal development, ways I can grow, ways I can expand. But at this time in my life, I hadn't yet been officially diagnosed with ADHD. I'm not really sure how much that actually mattered anyway. I always knew it was there. And I didn't quite recognize like my high functioning anxiety is what it was that mm. like need to like do everything perfectly or like not quite put it out there. And also that it was propelling me. Like I was kind of like running on the, the steam of like, do, do, do hustle, mm -hmm. drive, drive. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was kind of how, how life was and just really not present, not present at all. Um, and feeling like, okay, so I'm learning all these things. I know all this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm a pretty smart girl. And yet I'm showing up in my life like a total, like just, it's like a disastrous train wreck day after day, this like groundhog day of unwanted outcomes over and over and over again. And like, why on earth, like, can't I show up the way that I want to? Why do I keep yelling at my kids? Why am I not earning as much as I want to? Why am I not feeling supported the way that I know I am by, you know, God and the universe and everything else? Why, why, why? Mm. And then nervous system regulation stepped in and subconscious mind work. And all of a sudden, all the things that my, my brain was trying, I was trying to get my brain to do I was able to get like the, the body, the brain, everything on board doing and things actually started to change and I was showing up differently. I was able to take that pause before like blowing up on my kids. I was able to 
find the peace and the focus in the pockets of time that I had to actually do really amazing things. I was mm-hmm. able to cultivate calm, confidence, and clarity instead of like chaos, confusion, and cortisol spikes. So it was it was day and night. Yeah. I like that. And what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that like there was a big focus on doing the inner work first, right? And that it seems to me like your outer work, like your your business has come out of the the inner work that you've done. Is Most that true? Definitely. Yes. In fact, it's probably inspired a lot of my business change because a lot of the coaching that I used to do before all of this people I mean, even though it was inner work and the inner work was what was important, it was more focused on like nutrition and exercise and like physical type of coaching. And what I quickly realized was that not only for myself, but for my clients, they either weren't doing or weren't willing to do the work that was actually going to get the results to show up. And Mm -hmm. that was all the inner deeper work. And I very quickly realized like, I'm, I'm done with like the superficial applications of things. And that's the only place I want to focus because yeah. every, every change is magnetized, mirrored, created through what's happening inside. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important. I mean, people, you know, all the time, like want to start a business. And w- what I love about your story and your example is you really pulled from your own life experiences to show you what you were sort of meant to be doing with your yeah. career. And I think a lot of times and I'd love to hear your perspective. A lot of times we struggle with our career or we struggle to get clients or we struggle to grow and to really make this idea of ours a real thing, right? Like a real money-making machine, right? For lack of a better word, that we can invest our time and energy in and we actually get something out, right? It's a business, not just a hobby. Um, And something that's really tangible, that's actually providing a living for us. But a lot of times we, and this can sometimes just be part of the natural process, we're spending a lot of time almost like doing a business that's not our, it's not Mm -hmm. what we're meant to be Mm -hmm. doing. Um, It sort of makes me think of like trying to date people back in the day that like we're not meant to be dating (laughs) or just trying to be someone we're not meant to be, which is, you know, your whole theme. And so what kind of advice do you have for people that are really trying to align themselves with their work, but maybe they're not getting the results that they want to see. They might have an inkling that something's off, but they don't really know where to start. Oh my gosh. I think it all comes down to cultivating our self-trust and our intuition. And I just had like so many different ADHD thoughts pinging around my head as you were talking about all these places where that just takes me and the feelings of like, most of us don't want to show up as the person that we are and teach that or coach that Mm. or do that because so many times there is shame or unworthiness or whatever. It's like, do I really have to be the person that like teaches moms how not to yell at their kids? And then I have to like admit that I yell at my kids, you know, or or people through divorce because I've been through divorce or that like, you know, all those things, the, the physical traumas, the emotional traumas, the, all the things that I've been through that, you know what? Tons of other people have too. And there's really like no shame in it, but releasing that shame, understanding how to do that and being able to walk people through that is really beautiful. So I will embrace that. But 
it wasn't easy at first. You know, there are all sorts of visibility blocks that we face as we become this person that we're meant to be. All of these things that like, I didn't really want to show you that about myself. I just wanted you to think that I was just awesome, <laughs> like on my own, naturally, without all these wounds and wounding and ways that I have felt like I've failed or not been as good as I could be in the past. But that just really... I don't know, it discounts all the work that's been done and everything else. So I think that most people that really follow their purpose are like, man, I really didn't think I'd be the person that was sent here to advocate for this, right. you know, but here I am. And, you know, I, I've got all this information and this wisdom and knowledge, so why not? And yeah. then I think also like, especially like in our realm of, you know, coaching and helping people from the inside, there's all these people out there that that coach in ways that have very tangible ROI, you know, business coaches and marketing coaches where, you know, you know, you're going to make this certain amount of money if you work with them, or you're going to have this exact result and you can quantify it and mm -hmm. it's, it's real and everything else. And then there's the type of work that I do or the type of work that you're helping people learn how to do, which is, it's so much more subjective to like what you're feeling and how you process it and everything else. But to yeah. me, that work has been more valuable than any of the stuff that I've been coached in or helped by that has had an ROI because I wouldn't have been able to lean into any of that, trust in any of that, invest in any of that, or get the most out of any of that without having fortified myself first. Right. Yeah. Now I'm the one with a bunch of little thoughts <laughs> swirling around in my head. Um, you a moment to process. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things, but to connect to what you just said, um, this is a big thing that we work on with students. And a lot of the listeners to our podcast are people that are in our training programs or recent graduates of our training programs or are thinking about going through our training programs or just thinking about becoming a coach in general or in their early years. And one of the big things that people often talk about and quote unquote struggle through is the intangibles, right? So what if my business is intangible? And, you know, you were just talking about and sort of like out loud debating, like, is there an ROI? What is the ROI? And I just want to speak to that for a second because, you know, I, I think what's so amazing and, and helpful is, and at least this has been helpful for me, for those of you who connect to this and feel like the work that you do might be a little bit intangible or, you know, isn't like a clear like weight loss goal or money making goal or something like that. You know, what I always think about is working with clients, where are they? And then where, where do they want to be, right? And who do they want to be in their 2.0 version, right? Sometimes it's like 3.0 or we're at like version 4.0, um, but let's just use 2.0 for the sake of this exercise. And so when you talk to your clients and when you do your consultations or sales calls, finding out from them, you know, what does Katie 2.0 or Teresa 2.0 or, who, or whoever 2.0 actually look like? And then helping them see that your work actually bridges that gap. Because in order to have what we want to have and do the things that we want to do in the world at that next level, we actually have to first, and this is why I love how Teresa is such an example of the inner work, we actually have to first become who we need to be to have those things and do those things, right? And so I think that's so important. And I, I just love that example. And I love, Teresa, how much you embody authenticity and also integrity, like actually being the product of your work. And 
you know, I think a lot of times people are just drawn to our energy and they're drawn to the work that we do and how we show up in the world. And, um, that is obviously a testimony of, of the work that you've done with yourself and it helps people see what's possible for them too. Well, thank you. That's a very wonderful compliment and I receive it fully. (laughs) So another thing that was coming that I wanted to talk a little bit more about is the ADHD piece. And I love and respect and just think it's so badass how much you own that and how you've woven it into your business. Like when you go to your Instagram page, like it's there, it's like part of your (laughs) bio, like you're not hiding from this thing that a lot of people might try to hide or, um, you know, might feel shame over to use your word from earlier. So that's obviously taken a lot of courage, but I'd love to know how you came to that point of saying, you know what, I'm going to own this. This is part of me and I'm going to be of service around this thing. Yeah. I don't know if there was a specific moment, but I've always felt pretty positive about my ADHD. Like I said, I'm I'll be 45 this month. I got diagnosed when I was 42. So it's only been a short while. Every one of my boys that's old enough to be diagnosed has it. And at some point it's kind of like, hmm, probably do too. Like dad doesn't have it. That's we, I'm pretty darn sure of that. So it must be me. (laughs) um, But That's funny. Even though there can sometimes be, you know, a little shame or self-doubt or something around like incompleted projects or things like that. I do finish things and I, I've gotten better and better at it as I've implemented nervous system work around my, my goals and desires. But yeah, I look at it as a superpower. So I love being able to share that because I know that so many women, people, humans who have this don't feel that way. They feel yeah. like, you know, well, it's easier for everybody else. Everything's so hard for me because I don't focus easily or what have you. And then I also know that like, you don't have to have the label or diagnosis of ADHD to live in a world that is very distracting. Yeah. It it very hard to focus. Yeah. And we all need strategy and help getting through. So by putting it out there that I struggle with this, um, I end up attracting other people who do, and I'm very good at navigating it. You know, um, mm. I'm not like specifically an ADHD coach, but I am an ADHD woman who has been figuring out great ways to hack it. And, um, you know, and I love sharing that with people. And also I end up attracting the people in that are just, they're overwhelmed and, you know, life is chaotic for them and they don't have ADHD, but they're feeling like things are really difficult because of that also. And I just feel like I embrace the the creative sparks that it gives me, like, you know, when you're talking and I know that I've like 10 different ways I could respond to what you're saying. And I'm not sure which one I'm actually going to remember by the time I open my mouth to speak. The intuition has developed, the self-trust has developed. So I know that the right thing will come, even though there's a myriad of things to choose from up there. Yeah. And, you know, it's, that's just how I, I like to, to use it. It's, it's wonderful. I get these great periods of like hyperactivity, either in my brain work or physically that I just love to utilize. I get great periods of like hyper-focus where I can just do really amazing deep work. And there's just so many different angles of it that I think are fun. So if there was some way to get rid of it, I wouldn't. But that's such a cool, I love that. And that's such a cool attitude and approach. And like what I see is you have this level of intimacy with yourself and I guess, quote unquote, your, your, diagnosis, right? Um, where 
you're owning it and also you're you've gotten to know it in a way where you can utilize it as a, a strength, right? We were talking earlier before we started recording about um I, I'm on Monday we have a, a annual golf tournament for my brother for uh mental health awareness and I just did a segment on Good Morning Washington this week. Um and like to kind of what you were saying earlier this wasn't what I ever thought or of course wanted to be talking about on television or, you know, being a spokesperson for, right. Mm -hmm. Like obviously I miss my brother like crazy and um, wouldn't wish that, that pain and that experience on anyone. But I also see that Bo has left us with this opportunity to use his life for something amazing. And I am willing to speak out about it. And now that so much time has passed, I have a lot more strength around that. I I admire how quickly you understood what was going on with yourself and then you've turned around and and just owned it. But, you know, perhaps some of that that is just quick. I mean, just like for all intents and purposes for people that are feeling like, Oh, it's taken me decades to figure it out. It took me decades to figure some stuff out too. Yeah. It wasn't overnight. Well, and I guess that's a great thing to bring up. Like I, I think sometimes when we get a diagnosis, I was sick for a decade before actually getting a diagnosis of having chronic Lyme disease and then was able to go through a healing process, but I couldn't have gone through a healing process until I knew what was going on. When I got a diagnosis, I felt so much relief. I'm curious for you. And then I think I remember you saying, and sometime when you talked about this, that then when it reoccurred again, you had all the answers and you knew what to do and it was fast and you were able to get to the other side much quicker, but you had already been through that process that took you a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did. And, um, but I'm wondering for you, if there was like a sense of relief, like sometimes I think just having a label, people say like, I feel like people don't like labels, but sometimes I think they help. I was all mixed up about it. Honestly, I thought, okay, cool. So if I have it, then I can try medications. I can Mm. see like what Ritalin will do or Adderall or whatever they wanted to prescribe to me and see how that worked. And I did. And honestly, for a few months, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I was really having a great result. It was like, it was good until it wasn't kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. then it started to feel like, oh, I'm kind of like irritable on this. And I don't really feel like myself. And I'm, I've never been one that like embraces, um, you know, uh, Western medicine, like very mm-hmm. much, but I'm like, I'll give it a try and see yeah, if, it's, if it's different. Um, so yeah, I, but then I got more into like the, the nootropics and things like that and different supplements and just other ways to manage it. So it opened up doors for me to just experiment a little bit more mm-hmm. and see what really helped me. And it was also like, Oh, now it's got a label on it, you know, right. and it's like, Oh, but, you know, it's not like I didn't know it, but there was this strange change or feeling inside around having the label put on it. Interesting. So, you know, I used some EFT tapping and I, I worked on it and yeah. I, you know, it doesn't bother me, but yeah, it, was, it hit me differently than I thought it would. Cause it was like, I never didn't expect to have the diagnosis, but then once I did, it was kind of like, Hmm, now what? Yeah. Right. But you took it and you were like, okay, how am I going to use this? And I think that that's such a great attitude. It's such a necessary attitude when we live these big, vibrant, multifaceted lives, like whatever comes your way, you have to have this attitude of how am I going to use this? Like to my advantage, but then also in, in service to the world. And that's really powerful. Yeah. So let's talk about EFT. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
emotional freedom technique. Do you want to give us like the overview? If we've never heard about it before, what is it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like you said, it stands for emotional freedom techniques. And everybody thinks it's somehow this new thing, but it's been around in that format since the 90s. So it's been around for a while. And essentially, it brings together ancient Chinese wisdom, because we use our meridian endpoints and our meridian system in our body is that through which our life force flows and our energy flows. So any kind of blockage in our meridians and energetic blockage equals dis-ease. So whether that's actual sickness or whether that's like, oh, I have this pain or whether it's an emotional trauma from something that we've been through that is um, causing a blockage, all of those things equal the dis-ease in our lives. So by tapping on these meridian endpoints, literally like it sounds, you're tapping with your fingertips on your own body. Um, These same types of places that if you've had acupuncture done, deep Mm -hmm. tissue massage, those kind of things, they've accessed those same points on your body to release muscle tension or other pains or things. And it releases those blockages. And it's kind of like this whole energetic overhaul that happens. They dialed in on these basically nine main points starting on the side of your hand when you set things up, which is really good for psychological reversal. And then we go to like the top of the head, the eyebrow, the side of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, under the mouth, the collarbone point, and then under the arm. And while we have a ton of different meridian endpoints other than those, those specific ones are the ones that have been scientifically proven to pretty much help work out whatever. Mm. So, you know, used to be back in the day, there'd be these kind of specific algorithms given out, tapping a certain amount of times on certain places. And you'd be surprised what people were paying for like a single algorithm in like the eighties. Interesting. It was, it was in the five figures. Um, Actually more like yeah, it was in the five figures. Um, and then it was it was like six figures to get trained in the technique. Um, and that was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and, you know, now it's like we have all of these things have been put out there for anybody to get their hands on these tools and use them and relieve so much of what's going on. But the beauty of it is, is that basically, if you can feel it emotionally or physically, it's scientifically proven to release, relieve, whatever that is. And it works down to a level of even being able to alter our DNA. So, you know, and we're, you know, reducing our cortisol as we tap. So up to 43% in 10 minutes, you can reduce, reduce That's your insane. Level. It is insane. Um, and as you're doing this, I just feel this elevated consciousness whenever I'm doing tapping. So maybe you're concentrating on something specific, a headache, a backache, a you know, a meeting that didn't go well yesterday, a family issue, whatever it might be. But every part of you is experiencing that reduction in cortisol in a very relaxing and stress-reducing way that is then allowing you to show up in your next moment differently and to be more present. I never experienced anything like that that got me more present. I was one of those, as, as an ADHDer, like I felt like a meditation failure. It was always like I'd try to meditate. And I'm like, this is not working. Like I am not there, not getting into it, not, not staying in the moment. And I realize now what I didn't realize then, which is that meditation is just constantly calling yourself back to the present moment, even if in my case it was like a hundred times in five minutes. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel good to me. And doing just a single round of EFT was really just got me present. And I always, I love the analogy of like, 
I felt like before I was kind of like in the front row at a crazy concert. I love being there and it's great, but it's chaotic. And then as I do EFT tapping, it's almost like I rise up out of the crowd mm. in the seat seats and I just have the full overview. I can, you know, kind of choose what I want to focus on. I can see the whole picture. Mm. I feel calm. I feel safe. I feel peaceful. I feel at ease. And I can take it all in from that higher vantage point, that elevated consciousness. Mm. Yeah. Presence and, and perspective. It sounds like yeah. it really gives you. Yeah. Great okay. So if you're like a tapper, like if you like tap as part of your lifestyle, like, are you doing this every day? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I get questions about that all the time. Like how often do you have to do it? There's not really like a specific answer here. So, you know, as a master practitioner, I tap a lot with my clients. And some of those days I don't do any tapping on myself, but here's the kicker. And the really fun thing about this technique is that it has what's called borrowed benefits, which no mm. other form of therapy has where when I'm tapping, like maybe I'm working on some trauma with you that has nothing to do with anything I'm going through. I'm still getting energetic blockages released. And this is also the way that like even though I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I, you know, go hard all day long doing different things, at the end of the day, I still feel great. You know, like it's restorative and mm. replenishing and it's not draining me. Interesting. It's reviving my energy and uh, giving me greater health through doing it, even if it's not focused on me. But when I do want to do it focused on me, I often just, I mean, like five minutes. It's really, you know... Um, a lot of times when I start working with people, I'll have them make a list. And some people think this is going to be really hard. And some people think this is going to be really easy of a hundred things. And then just like, just make a list of a hundred things that you would like to see different in your life, whether it's a physical pain or an emotional thing or a goal or whatever, just make a list of all those things. It happens a lot easier than most people realize once you start, it's like, oh yeah. And then of course, once you actually do a round of tapping on an issue, then you see what the next thing is. Mm. So it's it's very like, um, you know, daisy chain kind of a thing. But once you have mm. a list, then you never have like a shortage of things that you want to tap on. But for me, like if I'm going to do tapping, I just think like, what's the biggest bother to me right at this moment? Like what's the thing that's causing me the most pain? And then I just focus there because that's mm. obviously the thing that is crying out for attention and that I want to release. And through doing that, everything else gets a little bit better. Yeah. Do you see it as more of like an as needed thing or like a preventative thing? So should I be doing it when I'm like stressed out and panicking or should I be doing it every day for five minutes to like keep the panic to a, to a low and be preventative? All right. So let's use an example here that you've already brought up, like in losing your brother. Okay. Okay. So when you were going through- Picked a really, picked a really tough example, Teresa. You just went for it. Went for it. I love that. I, I, I do shoot from the hip. <laughs> Sorry if that seemed insensitive. Um, but I mean, this this is a really, it's a very good and beautiful example because when you're going through that in the moment, that is so raw and so intense and so difficult and so challenging and so traumatic. Mm -hmm. And you need a lot of Band-Aid kind of work during True. a time like that. So that's when I say like just, as needed. Like you've got this wave of grief coming, just mm. address it and, and go back to whatever it is that you need to do in that moment. Like, it, or, you know, stay there. But then as you take the edge off and you can look at that more and you can face that, that raw pain without as much charge, like we're always rating things in EFT, the scale of like zero to 10, where 10 is like the most charged or, um, 
you know, triggered by something and zero is like, there's no charge there. Mm-hmm. Get that charge down through some of the like band-aid sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then um, that's when you can take time. And, and in a situation like that, I'd say definitely you'd be working with someone, not on your own to go into like really reviewing the trauma and things. Mm-hmm. So that you don't need it as a band-aid as much. So that right. you can actually get to the root cause and change, release, um, neutralize the energy there. Yeah. Um, and then you won't have all those little moments that you need to use it in a more superficial way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's like maintenance plan. Right. So, um, yeah. call it bandaid and deep wound clean out. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, that's good. You know, I like where that. You can like really like get the deep wound cleaned out. Then it can actually heal. Or in the meantime, just, you know, you never deny yourself a bandaid. You're hurt. You need it. Go for it. Yeah. And I would imagine too, like also just like managing everyday stress, right? Like I'm the kind of person where, you know, when like you're, I just feel like growing up, like I'd go to the doctor for like a physical and I'd be like, I'm having stomach aches or I'm having headaches or whatever. And they'd be like, well, have you been stressed lately? And I would always just be like, yeah, like I'm always stressed. Like, I just feel like I'm that kind of person and I run at a fast pace. And, you know, for years I thought like there was something wrong with me. And, and once you start to get into this work, you're like, oh, I want to be like this, like aligned, like meditative being, but it, it doesn't really suit my personality. Like I actually like having my hands in a lot of things and I like being very busy. Of course I need some downtime, but it's, it's just part of my nature However, I don't like being stressed. So I want to be able to continue through my life and go through the day. <laughs> what? I'm having all the things going on. Yeah. Okay, go. No. Tell us. What? <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just thinking like how great it would be for you to be able to go through that without the stress. Right. You know, have your hand in all the things without the stress. And that for me is where the subconscious mind work and hypnosis are like magic eraser you know, yeah. to be able to feel safety in letting go of the stress, knowing that everything's going to be fine anyway, knowing that you can be just as equally productive, maybe definitely more because you can relax and just, oh, leaning into pleasure. We are so pleasure deprived, Katie. Like it's ridiculous how much yeah. we lean into that and allow it to lead us. And yet as women, we have a greater capacity for pleasure than men. And, you know, we're not, taking charge of that in the way that it can actually serve us to propel us forward in all those things that we want to do and accomplish. Mm, I love that. That's juicy (laughs) Um, in a lot of ways. Yes. Okay. So one more question I really want to make sure we get to, which is connected to this nervous system regulation. You talk about this a lot. It's like one of the buzzwords on your, all over your Instagram page. Um, what is nervous system regulation? Obviously EFT helps with it. Yeah. It solves, yeah, that can solve a lot of problems, but talk us through that. And there's a lot of other ways one can, you know, regulate a nervous system. Um, breath work is great. There's a lot mm. of ways, but nervous system is, you know, the foundation of our lived experience. It connects our body and our mind. It regulates our emotional and mental state, our immune system, our other body systems, it's pretty important. So regulating it and allowing it to move between states is really crucial to not having a totally stressed out life Mm. and being able to recover from stressful situations. When we're Mm. thinking about things like 
anxiety or um, sleep deprivation, emotional pain, burnout, trauma, all of those things, we need to address, you know, all the different parts for that long lasting healing. And, you know, a regulated nervous system is, is built upon, um, you know, taking care of the mind, the body, the spirit and the emotions. And um, yeah, yeah. It, it, being able to flux between the different states um, more easily. And so, yeah, when we can apply nervous system regulation to our unique circumstances, then we feel differently. We show up differently. We have a completely different experience and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're the expert here. Um, you guys, Teresa has like so many credentials and certifications. It's really impressive. Um, and you know, we're a big fan of certifications here on the six figure certified coach podcast, but I, you know, I would imagine, I feel like this has been my experience that sometimes we get a handle on our nervous system and we regulate ourselves um, I guess sort of similar to like creating a routine, right? And then something changes in our emotional environment. Maybe we get a roommate or we um, move to a different area or we get a new job or maybe we have a baby or, and all of these different things change how we regulate our systems. They dysregulate us. Yeah. That's yeah. just part of being human. Like we, I mean, I can give you all the tools you need to regulate your nervous system and also you will be dysregulated again for sure. Right. So, so then there's this, this challenge and this importance of re-regulating, right. And kind of Always. reassessing sure. like what is required at that different level. So, um, you know, we talk about like looking into the future and, and desiring something and saying, okay, but how would I actually handle that? Right. So maybe you have a business and you have this vision of like having mm -hmm. a big team and you're like, okay, but how would I ever have the bandwidth for that? I barely have the bandwidth for my clients now with my family and with this other side job or whatever. But the reality is, is that every time we grow, we have to readjust, readjust our yeah. calendars, readjust our schedules so would you say we have to readjust our nervous systems too? Every single day. To heal our nervous system, we have to follow a certain sequence, which involves awareness. So, you know, being attuned to our bodily sensations and our emotions, it includes regulation, um, learning how to respond to the stressors in a healthy way. Mm. It includes reversing damage, um, undoing the negative effects of the trauma or the chronic illness. It includes expanding your capacity. So uh, oftentimes you hear like the stress bucket analogy where like you only have so much room in the bucket for the stuff and then eventually yeah. it's going to overflow or you have to take some things out of the bucket. But you can also you can expand your capacity to hold the things that you, you really want to mm. do, even if they are currently stressful in your life. Um, and it also includes connection. So having supportive relationships with others uh, and with the world around you. So those, those, um, five or six things, I don't know how many I just mentioned, um, are really crucial to regulating and re-regulating. So yeah, I mean, I can end a session with a client and they're very, very regulated and then something can pop up that we haven't gotten to the root of yet. And there we are again, you know, and that's, mm. we, we can't, there's no form of therapy tapping or hypnosis that can outdo the condition of being human, nor would we want to. 
Right. And, you know, just understanding and getting to the point where we realize it's okay. Right. And the things that are at the heart of EFT, like whenever we set up a round of EFT, we, um, we talk about the problem. So, you know, even though I am a human that gets dysregulated, let's just say mm-hmm. that in this instance, I love, accept, and forgive myself. Mm. And it's through doing that practice that we cultivate true love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Not just like I'm just slapping the name on it and calling it that and I don't actually feel it, love, acceptance, mm. and forgiveness. And that's what changes everything. When you actually have love, acceptance, and forgiveness for your twisted ankle or your back pain or your headache or what have you, it heals and goes away. Yeah. Mm, so good. So good. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your teaching and your energy. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Yes. Um, okay. Well, the most important one is that you and I are going to do some tapping together. And okay. that's what I want to make sure that listeners realize they can get a hold of this because I have this amazing resource called the private sessions, which you can get by going to the private sessions.com. Katie and I are going to pick a topic, something great that emerged here today, I'm sure, that is going to not only give her an energetic shift in the right direction, but also help all of you. And it will be recorded and accessible through this resource, along with dozens and dozens of other tapping sessions. So you will find something in this resource that resonates with you and that you can press play on and get a change. And that's the most important thing to me Mm. because it's one thing for Katie and I to sit here and talk about like, what is it? How does it work? How do you do it? That doesn't mean anything if you don't do it Mm -hmm. and you don't try it and you don't get the change. So I have been building this resource for a number of years now, and it is just chock full of tips that you will only get from a master practitioner and therapy only like I do it. So um, I invite you to get your hands on that and just realize that whatever you're going through, whatever pain is happening, there is a shift, a change, an up-leveling, a next level for you that you're not even aware exists yet. Mm. And it's so beautiful to lean into that and to explore it and to see what unfolds that is your life and your story of becoming more of the person that you're meant to be in this world. I love that. Yeah. Your, your current state doesn't have to be your, your state forever, right? You, we get to the change only it. Constant, and that includes our emotions, our feelings, our nervous system, our life, everything. Yeah. Cool. Teresa, what are the best places for us to hang out with you online? Yeah, you can find me at my website, TeresaLearLevine.com. You can find me by that name in all the different social places too, if there's a place that you enjoy more than another. And of course, when you grab that resource, it's got all of my uh, information in it too at ThePrivateSessions.com. Okay. And we will also have all of that in the show notes, of course. Teresa Lear Levine, thank you so much for spending your time with us. Let's face it. The world needs you and your clients are waiting. This is the year you make it happen and become a six-figure certified coach doing exactly what you were called to do. If you loved this episode, give us a five-star review and share it with someone else who's ready to make moves and answer their calling. We can't wait to see you next week and help you make your first or your next six figures as a certified coach. 